day 80. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. And I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. Say it with me. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. Mm. All right, this is like episode 497 of the podcast. Wow. Shout out to all of y'all who have been with us, right? 497 uh, consecutive days, right? I I think of people like... uh, Lindsay Fletcher, shout out to Lindsay Fletcher, to Lindsay. Yeah. yeah, patron and yeah. member of the church, yeah. and uh, yeah, one of the most encouraging convos that I had mm. uh, with her. We caught up a few weeks ago, and she just shared like, "Yo, I know you haven't heard from me in a while, but I want you to know that I listen to you and Keith every morning, so I feel like I know what goes on in y'all's world and all that." And yeah. she said, "Man, I've just been incredibly grateful for the podcast, and so it just." Looking back, it was the type of thing where it was like, dang, it's really I never thought we would do this for 500 days. So, um, And we've been able to do it in large part just because of y'all. After yeah. year one, we was ready to say, yo, that was a good thing. And yeah. y'all were just like, keep going, keep, keep going. going. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So many people have been so encouraging. So many words of affirmation and the way the Lord has used it, not right. just our voices, but his word and his time has been incredible. And so shout out to y'all, man. It absolutely wouldn't be be going without yeah. y'all. Yeah. I've benefited more than anybody on the podcast has. So I mm-hmm. would just say that just the discipline of yeah. reading each day, thinking, mm. uh, writing in such a way where I'm forced to distill it down. Yeah. It really is like Proverbs uh, eleven twenty five, right? God says, yo, he who waters will himself be watered. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been refreshed by all the work that we've been, yeah, yeah, yeah that we've had yeah. to put in. So yeah, yeah, I think I might disagree, bro. I think I've been the most <laughs> <laughs> refreshed, man. <clears throat> right. Like literally what it's done for my affections. Right. Uh, for God and his word and yeah. the way I think. Yeah. Right. Like changed. starting to think in biblical categories. Right. In day 80. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Um, but you you just really it really just shapes your heart and your mind. I see why the psalmist says, "Right, um, meditate on it day and night." You right, know, who the, the the godly the two ways in Psalm one. It's right, like, you know his instru- his delight is in the law of the Lord. Right? Yeah, uh, the wise person. And so you see, like it just shaping uh, your actions, your decisions, and how you live practically every day. So, Amen. praise God for His word, bro. Yeah, Amen. Amen. All right, let's jump right in. Second Samuel, uh, chapters one through four. All right, verse one. Uh, we see five familiar words again. And it says this, after the death of Saul. Mm. All right, thus far in the Bible, we've gotten after the death of Moses, after the death of Joshua. So people that have done these great good feats, we're reminded that God's work always outlives God's workers, right? And it's been sad for us to feel that, man, good leaders don't last forever. This says after the death of Saul, and we kind of mm. walk and like jump and click our heels together mm. uh, because in the same way good leaders don't live for ever, bad leaders don't either. That's good. They have an expiration date. And that's what we see here. And we see this yeah. transition, right? After the death uh, of Saul, good leaders don't last forever. Bad ones don't either. The story continues to move. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. It is, um, you know, like we said, bro, this is the part two 
of, right. of, of Samuel's work, uh, at least what's titled as Samuel's work. And I think it would be good to point out, bro, what happens in the beginning. Right. right? So this Amalekite comes to David. Right. David wasn't there. Right. Right. And he's like, yo, Saul and Jonathan yeah. are gone. Right. right. They're dead. And essentially... David knew he went lying because he's like, I got this stuff to prove it, bro. Right. Like this was this was Saul's spear and all this kind of stuff. And David is sick. Yeah. Right. David mourns the death of both Saul and Jonathan. He has bro done right. away with. Right. But out of respect for God's uh, again, out of a sp- respect for God's anointed and um got who God is placing authority, David, you know, seeks the justice. Yeah. Right. Here for over the Amalekite. And what's interesting is that all throughout the book of Samuel, you see David having this respect and reverence yeah. for who God has placed in authority without failure to to, to, to call out their missteps and sins, <laughs> right? right? And so we see David kind of living in that tension. But the Malachite gets destroyed. He thought he brought what he thought was good news to David. Right. And you see David mourn over both Saul yeah. and his best friend Jonathan right. and this deep sense of compassion and grief over his enemy, yeah. right? So you see him even loving his enemy here, mm. bro. Yeah. And he is showing himself once again that he is fit to be the king of God's people right. in this next phase of the Israelite kingdom yeah. in redemptive history. Yeah. Yep. What I love is chapter two, bro, it doesn't skip a beat. And then it comes and it says this, look, sometime later, David inquired of the Lord, yep. right? And what you're constantly going to see is... You're constantly going to see David being somebody that is inquiring of God, inquiring of God. Every step of the way, he's going to say, yo, God, I don't want to do this on my own. I don't want to lean on my own wisdom. And what I love is that whenever he inquires of God, God answers him. God responds. God directs, right? Not just, um, not just like broadly, but even strategically, right? Mm. God, he's going to ask God, yo, God, what should I do at the end of chapter four? Mm. And God's not just going to respond by providing David the ethical mm. or the moral things that he should do, but God's going to come down and provide him the very, very practical things, right? So we see God speaking clearly and God speaking comprehensively to David. Mm, yeah, it, it's, it's excellent too because in 2 Samuel 2, yeah. you see um, David installed as king over Judah. Right. Right. Yeah. And what's funny was, bro, you saw how Saul was uh, anointed king, but he exalted himself right. and then he gets humbled. Yeah. David is humbled first right. and then he gets exalted. Mm. What the Lord Jesus does, Philippians chapter 2, right? Yeah. Humiliation, humbled, right? Mm. Uh, that comes before him being exalted, right? The the, the cross right. comes before the resurrection. And so we see that here with David, and he's still not king over everybody. Right. Saul's household, yeah. they still want that. Right. Right? They still want that lineage. They still want that regal authority. They still want that power, right? <laughs> right. And so, in other words, what you're going to see here, bro, is kind of the house of Saul and the house of David going at it. Right. right? But God, who God has chosen, who God has promised to be on top, right. is going to prevail mm. in the life uh, of, of Israel. Amen. And so, um, yeah, like one of the big things we're going to see, bro, is that as the king goes, so the people go, right? right? So you see this playing out, even though Saul is gone, right? Right. His people, those from his line, those from his family, uh, still want to battle it out. And, uh, yeah, you'll see this resulting in death and resulting in war. But 
um, you know, we're, we're going to see, again, there's still this slow movement of the royal household going from Saul's family to David's family. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just interesting, the progression of the text yeah. there. Um, and what also is interesting, bro, in three... Uh, the house of Saul is going to cave in on itself. Right. So eventually right. it was, you know, Saul's house versus David's house, but eventually it's going to be Saul's house versus Saul's house. Right. And you just see the lust for power, the mm. destructive power of the lust for power. Yeah. Right? There's a destructive power when we lust for power and we have to submit ourselves to God's word um, so that uh, he can place who he wants yeah. you know, on the throne. You remember in uh, 1 Samuel 1 through 4, how yeah. the ark yeah. was captured. And you just see in those first four chapters, God establishing himself, winning victories, right? On his own, yeah. right? In Second Samuel 1 through 4, as Saul's house is caving in on itself, right? Mm -hmm. What you see is once again, right? Saul's evil, the wickedness of his house being brought on its own head. Yeah. And slowly David is being installed mm -hmm. without him needing to do anything, right? And we are just reminded of the fact that, look, mm. what God decrees will come to pass because God's gonna be the one to do it. We yeah. don't have to finagle our way into being right in, in step with the will of God like David. Mm. We only need to inquire of God, ask him what he wants us to do, and stand obediently yeah. waiting for God to complete his task. Yeah. I think one of the things that we see, and we've talked about it before, just transitioning well. So like right. Saul essentially leaves a mess. Right. Right. Mm. So you're going to see all of this bloodshed, so many people dying. My man Ishbosheth <laughs> is stabbed in the stomach on right. his bed, right, by these two cats. And so it's just, um, you know, like how do we transition, right? right? When one leader goes and the next leader is raised up. Like, do we leave a mess? And we see that he does, right? Yeah. And David is left to kind of clean this thing up. Right. And we never know, bro, like the impact, mm. like our sin and rebellion could have on the next generation, mm. right? I think the Bible is clear that uh, certain leaders live a, a certain kind of life mm. and it affects people that can continue to live and outlive them, right? right? Mm. And we see that here, bro, um, just with the kingdom and how it, how it goes. Mm. Uh, you know, just as in the same way that the Old Testament is kind of like adamant about God's covenant faithfulness, right, being passed down from generation to generation, we have to be careful that uh, our sins and lusts uh, aren't passed down from generation uh, to generation as well. It's an illusion for us to imagine that the effects of our sin yeah. are quarantined to our lifetime. Mm. Right. That even when we go in the grave, the effects of our sin can bleed over and outlive and outlast us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's interesting, man, that, uh, you know, we make it hard for who comes behind us when we don't steward well what's right in front of us. Mm. Right. Mm. And so Saul, who was king over Israel, didn't steward that well. Right. And he made it hard for right. those who came behind. Yeah. But thanks be to God that he left a righteous king yep. who was able to uh, bear the brunt of cleaning up our mess. And it just points to the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Even though humanity, <laughs> right. not just one generation, humanity left a mess yeah. and the Lord Jesus had to come clean it up. And he did. And one day he's going to ultimately change everything uh, for God's glory, uh, for our good. 
and for his kingdom to come to earth. Yep. And the dope thing is, this is just the beginning of the story, right? Yeah. There's still a lot more story left to be done. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. All right. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you uh, that as you write the story, you already know the ending when we find ourselves uh, in the turmoil and conflict of the beginning. So I pray that when we find ourselves in those situations, we would be reminded that there's not just an end in sight, but there is a good, happy ending that will last for all eternity. Help us to walk with that faith today. It's in Jesus' name.